Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Custard TV podcast. It is me, Matt. I hope you are all well. Uh, we are back once again uh, to discuss four new shows. We have a week off, but she's back. It's dawn. Is your hair slightly different? I've just re-dyed it, so everything in my house is currently pink. My fingernails are pink, my toenails are pink, most of the bathroom is pink. So that's the the price I pay for vivid hair. And also, first time this year, I think, it's it's Sophie Davis. How are you, Sophie? Not too bad. Got a bit of a cold, but, you know, the weather's improving, so mm. getting a bit better over here. People who've been listening to the podcast for a while uh, know that Sophie uh, has... Two podcasts, but one of which is focusing on S Club 7's TV show. And obviously with the news uh, that Paul sadly passed away, that happened yesterday as we were recording on Saturday. Obviously, you know, initially I was going to talk to you about the tour and the reunion. Obviously interesting given what you do, but now Paul's passed away. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's just awful, really. It's such a horrible shock and... Yeah, like you said, especially tragic with the reunion that's supposed to be coming up later this year. You know, they've been doing TV appearances and interviews recently, so they've sort of come back into the spotlight a little bit. It's just very tragic. I mean, we don't we don't know exactly what has happened. I know Paul is someone who's kind of had issues over the years. A lot of the band have, to be honest, because it was a bit weird for all of them being kind of shoved into the limelight at such a young age and then just dropped and haven't really done a huge amount since you know money problems and all that sort of thing it's um yeah very tragic just seeing things like that play out I think he said things in the past about you know when they were auditioning for the band they didn't really know what it was going to be and they maybe thought that it wasn't going to be as sort of child focused um because yeah it was pretty much pitched as like you know you're doing this show on CBBC you are a band for children he, he didn't really think that he'd signed up for that and that's why he mm. left and he did some like you know more rock stuff afterwards with his own bands and that sort of thing we were saying before we started recording you've obviously been analyzing their work probably more so than most have the, the past 20 years you know was he one of the the stronger ones when it came to the quote-unquote acting you know we've talked about that before their their lack of acting yeah I think he had a certain sort of I don't know natural ability with like the comedy parts of it I think in the show he was often given a lot of the like slapstick stuff to do like oh we need someone to fall down the stairs let's get Paul to do it <laughs> um yeah it's 
they all have their ups and downs in the series mm. with the acting ability and they i think they do all improve as it goes along highlight episode where him and hannah kiss which was a big deal i remember when we were younger um and then there's the episode in the final series where he leaves the band and they weave that into the actual plot of the show um it's all very bizarre lots of like memorable moments from the show involving paul it must be sort of weird like art imitating life as you say getting in there so young and having to be on the go so much. I know uh, we've discussed that before when you've been on the show. Dawn, have you got any thoughts, anything to add? Uh, uh, Sophie was saying before we started recording that hopefully they'll put the series on iPlayer. And I was just saying I'd seen someone online who'd just discovered the, the series this week and, you know, had binged it and loved it. I think that probably the people who are of the age who watched it the first time round, this will bring it all back into their memory, you know, but Paul and they'll want to see Paul at his prime. So hopefully mm-hmm. BBC will put it all on iPlayer. If not, put it on CBBC. You know, if you ignore, ignore the very obvious things that were of that time, it's just one of those fun series that kids would probably still like today you know uh moving on to uh this week's podcast we will be reviewing beef uh on netflix dreamland which is the new uh sitcom uh ensemble cast including lily allen colin from accounts which is a australian comedy which is coming to bbc2 and greece colon rise of the pink ladies which you know it's very self-explanatory what that is but first we will be doing our sort of regular feature talking about what we've been watching sort of recently what is there anything you've been keeping up with sophie what have you been watching been watching the current series of succession mm-hmm. obviously two episodes so far and enjoying that as much as ever and i've also watched the second series of schmigadoon recently because um mm. i wrote a review of that so i've watched the whole series i think the first two episodes are out already and yeah i'm a massive musical theatre fan i am the exact target audience for that show and i think series two is even better than series one in my opinion so what is schmigadoon because i don't it's not something we've discussed before it's on apple tv plus the first series, basically, you've got this couple played by Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key. They're a couple who are kind of having relationship problems. They go on a couple's retreat sort of thing, and they go off into the woods and they stumble across this town, which is basically like a musical. And they are stuck in this town and they can't leave until they found true love, whether that's with each other or with like other people in the town. And in series one, it's basically lots of like references to musicals from the 40s and 50s, the sort of like, in inverted commas, golden era where it was like Oklahoma and Carousel and Brigadoon. And series two, basically they try to go back to the town of Schmigadoon but it's now turned into Chicago, and it's now musicals from the 60s and 70s. So like Chicago, obviously, Cabaret, Sweeney Todd. It's more like darker musicals that happened nice. at that time. So it's quite a different tone from the first series. Um, but I prefer those sort of musicals to like the kind of cheesy like 40s Roger and 50s ones. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. the second series already like appeals more to me. But I think the writing is also a bit sharper this time. And the songs mm-hmm. are really good as well. Yeah, and again, we were talking about musicals shortly. Succession, Dawn, you still watching as well, I'm guessing? Yes, looking forward to the wedding next week to see (laughs) 
if and how that happens, and it looks like that we're going to see um, Jerry and Roman con- confronting each other over their betrayal from the end of last series, and um, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Sophie, I don't know if you're aware, Dawn is a big Jerry fan. Yeah, we haven't seen that much of Jerry yet this series. Um, yeah, hopefully get some more. I'm worried for her because there's a little bit in the trailer that was in the trailer for, I think it was for the rest of the season, where it says something about uh, Roman will knife Jerry. I think Logan is going to use Roman against Jerry to like get him to fire her or something. I don't know. But anyway, Logan, it looks like Logan's got it in for Jerry. So I'm I'm very worried about that. <laughs> Succession's known for its happy endings. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like there's going to be a thing where, like, they just kill them all off in the final scene or something like that. <laughs> like Blackadder. Yeah, you know, they're all in a plane together or something like that, you know, and Greg's the only one that survives, something like that. Imagine if they, they did a series where it was the, they were in a plane crash, like in the, the Andes or whatever, and then it was who's going to eat who, because the lit- <laughs> that, that would be the, the literal embodiment of the scenes of the show. <laughs> Succession meets Yellow Jackets. <laughs> yeah, people keep saying they want to have like Succession meets the White Lotus, but yeah, Succession meets Yellow Jackets be a bit more intense. The succession meets the White Lotus would just be them on holiday, though, surely. That's yeah. like. <laughs> and Dawn, did you uh, finish uh, Unforgotten? We've had the final. I did. Yep. Yes, now. I did. Really enjoyed that. And what were, what were your thoughts on? Uh, yeah, no, I, I no won't... spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. No, okay. Sorry, I, I sorry. Say, I did like the ending 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 there was a lot of endings we'll just say <laughs> yeah, that yeah yeah um, maybe I one liked... too many i agree yes but Sorry, um, i didn't realize you watched it we'll sort of skirt around that but <laughs> i think positive on the whole and i like the yeah. way that they left the relationship between jess and sunny i think they had yeah. a, a, like a, a, a nice little final scene together yes i like that they were bonded in their messed upness I mm. thought that was a good way to bring them together. And yeah, I look forward to seeing the next season. I haven't gone back to the first series of that yet. There's so much TV right now. I'm <laughs> drowning <is>. in it. <laughs> I know she's in one of the shows that we're going to speak about today, but I thought Martina Laird in the final episode was yeah. absolutely fantastic. It's not a spoiler to see a, such a good telling of generational trauma mm. and how one incident in one person's life then goes on to affect so many people three generations down. Mm. I thought that was really well done. Okay. So I was just going to say, I watched about the first series of Amazing Race, uh, not Amazing Race, A Race Across the World, mm. because I went to watch episode three of season three and clicked the wrong thing on Firestick and watched the first episode of the first series and I went, oh, well, now I'm just going to have to watch that whole series. <laughs> so <laughs> I never so watched that. How is it? It was good. There was a really good relationship. Where it was a father and son, and the son was 20, but he seemed sort of about 17. He was quite emotionally immature. And over the series, you really see him grow and come into himself. And he he really sort of starts taking the lead and making decisions. You can tell it sort of really helped his life. And there was a pair of friends who were in, I think they were about 30-ish, two girls. And they, like Laddie in this season... It's, it's, it was all about the kindness of strangers and being kind to people and they took it right up to the, I won't say in case anybody's not watched the first season, but it, it happens right up to the very end of the series. Their kindness to other people makes a big impact. 
So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the second series as well now. <laughs> yeah. I missed this week's because I was out on Wednesday night and haven't caught up with it. And the trailer is now, tra- I've seen the trailer for episode four and it's about spoil who, who went. Oh, that's annoying. Before we get on to the reviews, let's just do the plugs. Obviously, we did mention, Sophie, your podcast, but uh, do you want to just go through it in a bit more detail where we can find it? People can find me on Twitter at It's Sophie Davis and my podcast, well, one of my podcasts is called It's an S-Pod Thing. If you want to kind of relive the TV series of S Club 7 from the late 90s and the early 2000s, um, you can give that a listen. I go through every episode with a guest, like a comedian or uh, another podcaster. Um, And then the other podcast is Smashed Prawns in a Milky Basket, which is a podcast about the work of Julia Davis. You watched all of S Club Goes Wild as well? Yeah. I watched it kind of thinking, oh, maybe I'll do an episode of the podcast about this. And then I thought, I don't think there's enough to talk about to warrant that. But there are some very weird moments in it. Like there's a bit where Rachel and Paul are like performing reach for a a tribe in Africa and things like that. (laughs) Was it a nature series that they did? Yeah, it was on CBBC again, and it was like every episode was about a different endangered animal. So it was like, in this episode, Tina is going to be going to China to see the panda. And (laughs) yeah, like a travelogue sort of thing, but with S Club 7. Dawn, we can still go through the back catalogue, can we, in the shipyard? Yep, hopefully by June we will be back uh, producing new content. But in the meantime, you can look back on our episodes we did about Miranda or Dempsey Meat Piece. We did an episode about the Lady and the Tramp kind of trope that's very common in a lot of will they won't they shows with the, the posh upper class lady and the uptown girl basically and the downtown boy. Kind of like, you know, Sam and Diane and Cheers and even and Moonlighting was very same. The Ashes the, to Ashes, I was thinking about. Ashes to Ashes, yep, that's we yep. So there's a lot of them that have that trope and there's a couple that have it in reverse but it's it's largely that one and how the the street wise wise cracking guy manages to loosen up the icy queen and it's all tropey but it's good so we talked a lot about that you can find us on the shipyard ust on youtube on all your podcast places and on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, we are the Custard TV podcast, which you are listening to now. If you are joining us for the first time because you want to find out what we thought of Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies, you can go back into our back catalogue. 400 odd episodes in there, you know, the regular show. uh, There's interviews, there's big reviews, weird episodes that we did going through Gary's hard drive. It's all there. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at Luke Custard TV, at Matt's TV Bytes, at Custard TV Pod. Uh, on Instagram, which Dawn is now uh, running, it's the I Custard am. TV, so please give us a follow there. Uh, you can tell because there's a lot more Instagram posts that there <laughs> than there was before. <laughs> Facebook, if you search the Custard TV, or if you'd like to get in touch uh, to be part of the uh, podcast or the website, Custard TV reviews at gmail.com and there's also a join the team uh, link on the website thecustardtv.com This could be a podcast A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not Anyone with a computer can make one Talking telly Use your ears and trust them This is the Custard TV podcast Yes, that would entertain me briefly From thecustardtv.com 
Okay, so let's start this week's reviews. And first of all, Beef. Uh, this is on Netflix and it stars Stephen Newton as Danny and Ali Wong as Amy. Uh, it starts uh, with them almost crashing in the parking lot of a home improvement store after both having a particularly taxing day. Not letting the incident go, Danny chases Amy along the highway, only for her to sort of get the last word when she almost crashes into him. After this initial meeting, which ends with him taking down her licence plate number, we follow both going about their daily lives. We learn that Danny is a contractor struggling to maintain his clients, mainly as they find him annoying, whilst also feeling guilty that parents lost their motel due to him allowing his cousin to invest in illegal goods. Meanwhile, Amy operates a plant selling business and is close to finalising a sale with a major investor. However, she finds herself living in the shadow of her husband, dealing with an exacting mother-in-law and a young daughter who has ADHD, I think it was. After deciding against killing himself in the midst of a suicide attempt, Danny tries to track down the driver of the car. However, still believing the driver to be male, he doesn't realise Amy is the driver when she opens the door to him. It's only when he's given a tour of the garage does he put two and two together and realises she was the driver. Getting his revenge, he leaves a reminder of himself in Amy's restroom. However, judging from the closing scene, it appears that their grudge is far from over. I found it a different type of show. I couldn't sort of equate it to anything that we've talked about, certainly recently. Uh, Sophie, I'll start with you. What did you make to Beef? I enjoyed it. From like reading about the show, it sounds like it's going to become more and more chaotic as it goes along, like because this feud is going to spiral further and further out of control. Um, like I've heard people compare it to, more to films like Falling Down and things like that, mm. where it's, you know, a, a character, just like things just going worse and worse for them and their life just becoming really like, lot, like there's lots of mayhem going on. Um, and the first episode is just kind of setting it up, really, like it's setting up these two characters. And I think it does that very well. Um, as you said, um, you know, this guy we see, there's a suicide attempt. So it's quite believable that he would pursue this feud because it's kind of like he's got nothing to lose. Um, whereas on the other hand, she has quite a lot to lose. She's got this big sort of deal that she's hoping is going to go through a video shows up on social media of the incident doesn't it and people are kind of like oh who are these drivers and she's worried that if she gets identified then her life is going to be over like her reputation is going to be ruined the deal isn't going to go through so the first episode just feels like setting everything up really Mm. so i'm quite intrigued to see where it goes from here we just get a little like hint of the chaos at the end where you know he does what he does in her bathroom which did make me laugh it wasn't what I was expecting <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be something else and then the fact that it's like he's done that all over the bathroom I thought that was quite good and also she's got a gun hasn't she mm, and seems yeah. to be kind of a bit turned on by it so that's in- an interesting aspect to that character as well like you kind of think oh what's she gonna do in the future like she's got mm. a different side to her the gun is kept in a safe and the husband had changed the combination, hadn't he, and, and said to her, you know why I've done this. So there was obviously something has happened in the past with that gun as well, we, we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. Assuming, Sophie, you only watched the first episode like I did, yeah? Yeah, yeah. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. 
For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Dawn, did you do with Dawn? I did. <laughs> How many have you watched? I watched three episodes of it. Okay, but, so uh, what, having yeah. watched on, what are your thoughts? I really enjoyed it. Um, I have to be upfront and say I utterly, utterly adore Stephen Yoon uh, anyway. Uh, in the world of the Walking Dead fandom, Walking Dead, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. all the fandom agrees on nothing else other than Stephen Yoon is the best thing ever and killing Glenn was the worst decision they ever made. Um, That's when I I'm, stopped watching it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. The ratings <laughs> dropped. But I think even then you could tell he was a leading man in an ensemble show. I think he's definitely got the charisma and the, and the acting chops to be the leading man and I like Ali Wong as well so I think the two of them are brilliant in it they have a good chemistry in a ne- negative way they have that spark with each other and uh, as you said Matt you can't really put your finger on it it is darkly funny but not hilarious I suppose it's more sort of absurd in places you know when you, you think of the lengths they're going to go to to um try and destroy each other but at the same time, it's really moving. There's a, a scene in, in episode three where um, Danny goes back to church. He's obviously, his, his parents are strong church goers. And he goes back to his childhood church and he has an emotional breakdown. And it, they, the camera focuses on him for solid minutes. First of all, fighting the, the breakdown and then, and then giving into it. It was really moving to watch. I was worried it was just going to be a kind of over-the-top, smash bang i don't know mr and mrs smith kind of thing you know violence and Mm. and but it's not it's something really moving and i like what it's saying that she has this life with everything she has a husband and a a child and a really amazing job but she's still unhappy and he has nothing and he's unhappy that it's not what you have that makes you happy it's you being fulfilled and i think also says a lot about society the fact that they're both getting such a thrill from this thing that they've become invested in now. And it made me think about the internet and people that fight on the internet, the thrill they get from fighting with someone. I don't know any of this from personal experience, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know Dawn invented the internet, so... I did indeed, that's correct. (laughs) So, you know, I thought that it's an interesting thing that the... They, they, they've sort of expressed it in a bigger way that's what people do is your lone life is boring or whatever and you get such a thrill from arguing with someone being right believing you're right and you're justified in whatever it is you're doing or saying and this is it on a much bigger scale so I'll be interested to see where it goes I, I can't guess where it goes and because it's Netflix it's it's all out and so I think I'm going to have to watch it quickly mm. to avoid being spoiled about the end because I have no guesses on what's going to happen. The first episode for me I was sort of sucked in in that opening the the car chase everything like that lost me a little bit in the middle especially when we were with her as you know, one of my big turnoffs is rich people problems. <laughs> and you've got like, even though she's got everything, she still has the same struggles. You know, the mother-in-law, the kid with additional needs, the husband who is is almost like overly positive, isn't he? Like, what are you worried about? We've got everything. What is there to worry about? Stephen Yeun does a, a really good job. I mean, I never watched The Walking Dead. The thing I know him from the most is Minari, which he was nominated for an Oscar for. But yeah, once they got together in that last 
segment I felt I really enjoyed it and you sort of got the almost like an understanding between them because there was that line wasn't there like there's always something and you know that's yeah. his thing isn't it we hear him say that several times that he just can't catch a break whereas she's at this point where she's almost caught that break now by um getting this deal going through so if I'd had a little bit more time this week I would have done the second one because I, I would be interested to see where it goes I mean do you think that there could be a, a, a ship element in this as well Dawn would there be like a romantic element to this uh, there could be I definitely think because they definitely play up that um her marriage is not very happy and and that's partly because her husband is very dull and you know she uses the word vanilla he's just very easygoing and nothing and this thrill there could be something um a sort of sexual attraction I don't know if it would be uh, anything other than toxic but I think probably is what you said in that scene they understand each other probably in a way that you know her husband doesn't understand her and other people won't understand him and so they may find that common link is that this is somebody who totally gets me and why I am this enraged at life you know I'm interested in it and I've seen the reviews have been very good so yeah good to see something on Netflix that's kind of seems to be quite universally praised at the moment Mm -hmm. it seemed like an interesting pickup for Netflix because often their their stuff is sort of very like genre based I know the the night agent seems to be the big thing that they're pushing at the moment as I say it's something that's hard to put your finger on and something that isn't something that you regularly see and it's it's sort of very character based I found it very intriguing and I'm definitely going to carry on with it and um it's certainly passed the dawn test as well so yes that's always <laughs> a, a benefit and um, so that's uh beef on Netflix next up uh, a very different change a change of pace here something that was just a baffling show that we you know we had to cover out of curiosity of nothing else this is Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, and Sophie is going to cover this one for us. This is set at Rydell High, four years before the events of Grease. In the first episode, we meet these four girls who are going to form the Pink Ladies, basically, but not the Pink Ladies from the film. It's their predecessors. That confused me a little bit at the beginning because I assumed it was going to be, you know, Rizzo and Frenchie, but it's actually like the original Pink Ladies. Jane who has moved to the area from New York during the summer she started seeing one of the popular football player guys at school but then when the school year starts there's all this gossip going around that they have had sex and obviously that doesn't really affect his reputation but people are sort of shunning her and calling her a slut and all that sort of thing there's also Olivia she is also the subject of a lot of gossip and name calling because apparently something has happened in the past between her and a teacher then we have nancy who wants to be a fashion designer she has these two friends who dump her in the first episode because they want to spend all their time with boys and she's kind of like a third wheel or a fifth wheel in this situation then the fourth one is cynthia who hangs around with the t-birds she wants to be one of the guys And they sort of humour her, but you get the impression she's never really going to be allowed into the T-Birds because she's a girl. Um, So the first episode is these four kind of separate girls crossing paths and eventually coming together, forming this group, which is going to become the Pink Ladies. 
initially they're all going to support Jane um, in a campaign to be class president and the kind of big moment at the end of the opening episode is her announcing that she's going to run and that she's going to run on a platform representing the outsiders of the school, like the non-popular people, the silent majority. That's the first episode. It's an hour long, so a lot happened. Um, but yeah, it's just those four characters meeting and coming together, really. And a lot of that plot happened in song form as well. Dawn, I'm going to have to go to you first because we've been discussing this for a while. But just the whoever thought people were clamouring for a, a Greece prequel TV series, 45 years well, since like, Greece, yeah. 45 years yep. since Greece was released in the cinema, so maybe that's it. It's an anniversary. I think Paramount are sort of clinging onto any IPs that they've got because there's a Fatal Attraction remake coming soon as well, a TV remake. Of yeah, that. didn't um, they do American Gigolo recently? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah, like a sequel, a sequel to American Gigolo. Man Who Fell to Earth, of course, we reviewed that, didn't we, Sophie? Um, so they're, they're oh, just yeah. clamouring for any sort of IP that they've got. But this, to me, seemed like the oddest thing, because, like, Greece is this big thing, but was anyone wanting sort of new material from it? So, Dawn. Total madness. It's totally cheesy, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I just... It's in the sense it has the spirit of Greece too more than Greece because it's just it does make you go why what you know and there it's very looks like a set there there is some talk of people saying oh you know they're they're making it current with diversity and wokeness and whatever yes I I but, can imagine a lot of people using the word yes. woke to describe yes this. because it deals with racial issues because um, Nancy is Japanese American Cynthia uh, obviously is non-gender conforming, possibly, you know, non, what we'd say non-binary. Uh, Olivia is Latina and uh, Jane is mixed Puerto Rican and Italian. From the trailer, there's also going to be a, a, an African-American girl come into it at some point. They're doing race and whatever is the issue. They haven't tried to make it realistic, put it this way, of the 50s. It is in the spirit of Greece and Greece too, where it's all very bright colours and here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It looks like a set and it's over the top. And they do Greece at the, at the start of the first episode. The, the main characters that they become the, the pink ladies, they sing Greece. No, I didn't, didn't quite get chills, but I got a thrill. Were I was they like, multiplying? Oh, yes. <laughs> they were multiplying. I wasn't losing control, though. But I thought the rest of the music was where it lit it down. I didn't find any of the songs catchy. They didn't 
grab me and I think the music's the, the, the weakest part of it. A lot of the songs sounded a bit too modern. I wanted them to sound 50s and, and like Greece and they were just a bit eh. But I really liked the, the lead. I thought I, Jane especially, I just was drawn to her. She's my kind of main character. I always like the square girl with the glasses that a bit nerdy. She reminded me of like Andrea from Beverly Hills 90210. That's that's a niche reference for you. I want to say why was it created? I don't know, but it's fun. I enjoy that kind of cheese ballness. There was a second episode as well that was about. Did you yes. go on to that? I did, yes. Because <laughs> my fear was that the first episode is so energetic and, and over the top. I was a bit worried how it was going to, it would have worked as a film, but I wasn't sure how it was going to work as a series. But then I, I watched Glee, and so it's very Glee-esque, you know, that they have all these teenagers and these teenage situations and how they deal with them. It's very, very feminist. It's putting right some of the issues of Greece. It's all about how the, the males can do whatever they like and their reputation is intact and the girls do the slightest thing. If they're too virginal and square, they get attacked like Sandy from Greece did. And if they're too loose they get attacked like Rizzo from Greece did and you know there's no happy place to be a girl in that era so it's about you know sticking up for sticking up for the girl so I like that side of it as well it's just right up my street and I'm not gonna (laughs) I'm not gonna say everybody would like it because it clearly they will not I think it's well done cheese because for me the question is sort of again it's this sort of who is it for because yeah if you liked Greece, you would just watch Greece again. This has got <clears throat> sort of modern values to it that I don't know if the people who like Greece the first time around will go towards. You know, as you, as you pointed out, you know, there's a lot of diversity in terms of ethnicity, in terms of sort of gender. You know, the gen- it does go into a lot of gender politics, and as you say, the the way sort of women are treated. I agree with you about the song. The one where they were in the um, the, the classroom and they, and they were trying to sort of change the narrative about Jane, I found that almost like very West Side Story-esque. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were just like very, let's explain the next bit of the plot, but in song form. They've also done the thing where they are introducing the pink ladies that we know. So Jane's sister is actually Frenchie and we've got young Rizzo as well. Sophie, I obviously established that you are a musicals fan is is Greece something that sort of stacks up there for you and and what did you make to this I like Greece yeah I went through a, a big Greece phase when I was about 12 or 13 like I think a lot of people do I honestly found this painful I <laughs> couldn't stand this um I went into it with an open mind because you know I love musicals I do like this kind of cheesy stuff a lot of the time but yeah, I found the songs really forgettable. They don't feel like the songs from Greece. It just feels like High School Musical or something. At the beginning, they sing the title song from the film. And it's like if Glee did a Grease episode. Mm. Um, and I did. I was a fan of Glee, but it did feel very like, oh, the, the New Directions are singing Grease is the word now. <laughs> like It feels like that sort of thing. Um, I found the whole, the whole origin story aspect of it just really cringe like we get that moment where we find out that her sister is Frenchy in a really kind of clunky way like the mum is like those girls gave her the most vulgar nickname 
Frenchy, like it's supposed to be a big moment. And she's um, half Italian, so I didn't understand that. <laughs> no, I didn't get where that name came from. Um, and I think doesn't the first episode end with someone say we're gonna need some jackets, yeah. which well, was also... the plot was quite jacket heavy, wasn't it? I suppose. <laughs> yeah, people, people yeah, giving Cynthia people jackets. Jacket, yeah. We're gonna need some jackets. Yeah. <laughs> end of first episode. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing just felt quite wrong to me. Like you know, we were talking about putting modern values into Greece if someone pitched a show that was like we're gonna make a show set in a 1950s high school like I think people would be like why like what what are Mm. are young people from today gonna get out of that but because it's linked to Greece it's like oh yeah throw money at it make it it all felt quite sort of forced to me like almost they're fighting a losing battle by being like oh we're gonna make Greece but we're going to put modern values into it that people wouldn't have had at the time. A bit like Bridgerton, where it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're going to make it really diverse, but then it feels almost like wish fulfillment, like not like real life. Mm. Um, yeah, it all felt a bit weird to me. And, you know, as you were saying, like I saw there was a, a Daily Mail headline that was like, Greece goes woke. Like, it's just going to be a target of stuff like that. And that's not the reason why I think it's bad. I think it's just songs are really bad. It, the episode is an hour long. It just, maybe it would be a bit more snappy if they were like 20 minute episodes and there was mm. one song per episode rather than three or four forgettable ones. I struggled with this a lot. Apart from Dawn, I'm not quite sure <laughs> who, who was this. I think the Tumblr youth girls are going to love it. I think they're going to really embrace that and and there'll be a lot of shipping of the the female characters with each other. I'm I'm sure of that. The 20-something girls on Tumblr who are really into fan-type stuff, I have a feeling will really get into this. For people my age, probably not. It's, you know, it's, it would probably be, as, as Sophie said, they would probably react it that way, that it's cheese and terrible. And Greece too, knew that it was rubbish. I yeah. think it just didn't make an impression on me. I think, you know, we've said it, the, the song, and, uh, and the songs did take up quite a, uh, a big chunk of it. I think for me as well, one performance that I did enjoy was uh, Jackie Hoffman as the principal, the vice principal, who... She goes on to become the principal in Greece, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Her performance, at least, she was at least trying to give some sort of depth to it. I think. And if you're like Dawn, I don't know. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. If you're me, <laughs> if you are Dawn, <laughs> if you are Dawn, I don't think I'm as down on this as Sophie is, but I'm not as high on it as Dawn is. I think I just it's it's an interesting curio. I would that's how I would yes. describe it an odd curio but that's there on uh, paramount plus now next up something that was also certainly the first episode was very pink is dreamland on sky atlantic and i uh, will go over to uh, dawn uh, to just uh, run us through the basics on this one yeah dreamland is created by sharon horgan it was originally a sky comedy short uh, which starred Morgana Robinson and Sheridan Smith, and it was called Summer then. Like Bad Sisters, it's about a group of sisters. Uh, this time, rather than being in Ireland, they're in Margate. It's a matriarchal family. Grandma is Sheila Reed. Mother is um, Frances Barber, who is in a secret uh, lesbian relationship with uh, <laughs> from Unforgotten. <laughs> yeah. From, with the belly from Unforgotten, no. 
uh, Martina Laird. Uh, the, the sisters are Trisha, who is played by Freema Ajiman. Uh, she's married to Spain's. Claire is played by Gabby Best. She is the sensible sister. Then we have uh, Leila, who's played by uh, Amy Fionn Edwards, who is the ditz. Trisha and Mel have some kind of beef <laughs> going on uh, that we don't know what it is. In this episode, Trish is pregnant with her third child and she's desperate for a daughter after having two boys. So she is throwing a manifestival where everything is pink to try and manifest that the, the baby will be a girl. As their party is going, her sister Mel returns home from France where she's been working and there is a lot of tension in the air. We don't know what's gone on between them in the past, but Trish is very angry at, at Mel. They get into a skirmish and Mel falls and hurts her back. Uh, at the same time, as Trish feels a terrible pain in her abdomen and worries she's losing the baby. So they both go to the hospital where they find out that Trish's baby is fine. Um, she just has a cyst that will get better with rest and painkillers. But while Mel is getting an X-ray, they discover that she is pregnant, much to her shock and surprise because she believed she was infertile. And she seems very unhappy about this pregnancy. I watched more of this because I felt that there wasn't enough in this first episode to really get a handle on it. I did but, the same. Yeah. Exactly the I, same reason why. I think they really could have done an hour-long first episode to give us more but the plot is exactly the same as the, the comedy short which I had watched so I knew what the twist is that that, that Mel is pregnant I won't say what the twist is but it's one of these things where I think we needed a lot more time with all of the characters to get to know them they, they weren't as instant as the sisters in Bad Sisters so I think if, if you're going to watch it watch the two episodes together definitely Donna, you've said basically everything I was about the length certainly the opener could have been 45 minutes say you know these are these are sitcom length i think the thinking behind it is that they've got all the episodes up people are just going to watch it all at once and i think that's exactly how i felt i felt like i didn't get a good handle on these characters that i i could have done with a little bit more from each of them you sort of got what mel's deal was you know she rocks up in the black t-shirt, swigging the can of Stella, very different from everyone else who's in their pink in this at this the the manifesting thing as you as you mentioned. I really like Amy Fionn Edwards as as Layla, as you say, the the, the sort of the ditzy character who works on a like she's a rubbish collector or yeah. recycler, but wants to save all these like these chairs and things. And I love the second episode because the nan played by Sheila Reed is teaching her to drive and she has she crashes into someone else and Francis Barber and Sheila Reed together is a is a fantastic combination and I think that I'd like to see more of but I just I just didn't feel like I got enough that was my my feeling I think I will go back to this because they're easy you know digestible episodes but I think because of the amount of characters you've got and because of the 
the amount of plots. It just felt there was like a lot going on that I would have liked to have had more time with with each of them. How do you feel, Sophie? Yeah, I just watched the first one mainly because of time, because mm. I had similar feelings to you two that it felt like there was a lot to take in in the first episode. Like even just the first two minutes, you meet so many characters and you're kind of thinking, well, who are all these people? How are they like related to each other? Just get like a little smidge of each character in the first one. I didn't really feel like it was my cup of tea. I found it a bit broad, a bit crude, some of it. Particularly, there's a moment with like um, Kyle Smith Bino and Freema uh, in the first few minutes where I was a bit like, oh, okay, mm. we're going there, are we? Like that, I think that's possibly going to put a few people off in the opening minutes. Um, there were a few bits that made me laugh. You know, it is it is a sitcom. I thought some of the jokes were a bit predictable, like when Lily Allen's in the supermarket and the guy at the till is like, "Do we want to get a drink?" And, and it's like yeah. with the meal deal. Yeah, um, I'm sure I've seen that used somewhere else before. Yeah, this. and because the way he says it as well is clearly like in a tone that's like he's asking her out. <laughs> like it's not like how a normal person would say that. And I did quite like the bit in the taxi where the driver assumes they're on a hen do when they're actually going to the hospital because it's in, you know, Margate and they're all mm. dressed up. I'm probably not going to carry on with this just because the first episode didn't really grab me. And I think the fact that Sharon Horgan is involved, but as a producer in the adverts, it's saying like, you know, from the creators of Bad Sisters, I don't think that's going to really work in its favour because it is quite a different type of show to that. Yeah, it hasn't got that sort of that darker edge. I think I think the second episode, Dawn, worked a little bit more for me because they actually do go to Dreamland, don't they? The, the sort of amusement park. And I think you do get a little bit more. And But to me, it felt like they were almost going for a bit of a Gavin Stacey vibe there. That's what I got, like, you know, the sort of the Barry Island comparisons. Definitely. I, I agree. The second episode was, was better. I really liked Claire and Leela and I, I liked the focus a, a bit more on them on the second episode. And they're two characters that I definitely felt I could connect with. I feel like the problem is that Trish and Mel are meant to be the centre of it mm. and they seem to be the least interesting characters. Mm. Beyond the fact that Mel has gone to work in Paris and is a bit sort of more downbeat and, and edgy than her other sisters. I don't know anything about it. And the same with Trisha. All we knew was that she really wanted a, a, a daughter. And even after three episodes, because I watched three, <laughs> I don't, don't get a strong feeling of who these two women are mm. and why they have such a, a, a hard relationship with each other. And in the first episode, there was this really weird bit where Trish is wanting to be seen by a doctor. She keeps getting yeah. put off. And she has this big rant about, you know, black women are much more mm. likely to die in, in childbirth. And obviously that's very true and it's a very serious thing. But it was like, just put in there and I thought, is that meant to be funny? Is that playing that for last? Or is that a serious bit? It Tonally, it just was a bit weird. Yeah, it felt yeah. a bit kind of shoehorned in. Like yeah. it, it wasn't how the character was talking in the rest of the episode. It was like a sound bite. But how yeah. I got that was she was using that rather than that's how she felt. It was almost yeah. like she was using that to get in to see the doctor rather than yes yeah. you know there might have been a little bit to that but she obviously was manipulating this that's that's how I read that anyway it did feel a bit uncomfortable I think and yeah did there was a bit of a, a different tone like in episode two she sort of feels like her son is almost being used by his friends who force him she thinks he's being forced to rap for them 
so occasionally they will go into that theme, won't they, about her being mixed race and her sisters aren't. There were bits where I thought, oh, I, I like this, and then other bits where I was a bit more disengaged. So I am sort of on the fence, but it's an easy easy enough se- series, I think, to digest. It wasn't a hard watch by any means, but mm-hmm. just would have liked a little bit more detail on the characters, which I think is where we, we all are. Anyway, that is all up uh, to watch now on Sky and, and, and now TV. And uh, finally, we'll come to another uh, sitcom. This one uh, is from the Binge Network in Australia. This is Colin from Accounts, and it focuses on Ashley and Gordon, who are uh, two strangers who meet after their interaction causes him to strike, or in his own words, nudge a stray dog uh, with his car. Given the news that the dog will either be put down or require surgery that will in turn mean that the dog will require extensive and costly aftercare, the pair initially decide to put him to sleep. However, Ashley changes her mind at the last minute and Gordon agrees to pay the bill. The the plan is for her to reimburse him. Although uh, towards the end of the show, Ashley tries to go back to her apartment with the dog and learns she cannot have pets in her rented property. So Gordon very reluctantly agrees that she can stay in his spare room uh, while sort of nursing the dog back to full health. And the title of the show is revealed to be the name uh, that they give to the dog. So the dog is called Colin from Accounts. Sophie, first of all, what did you make to this? I actually really enjoyed this. This is my favourite show of the week. It was a nice surprise because I had literally never heard of it before. Um, And it's like exactly my sense of humour. Um, I've laughed out loud a lot. I really like the dynamic between the two main characters. Obviously, what happens to the dog at the beginning, I found that a bit upsetting because I get very upset about that kind of stuff with animals. But, you know, obviously it it turns out OK in the end. The stuff at the vets I found really funny, like getting the vet bill and him being like, oh, but is this just the amount if he makes it? Because <laughs> when you are a pet owner, you do sometimes feel that way, like it's a ridiculous amount of money. I just thought the dialogue was hilarious, really. The dog is adorable as well with his uh, little wheels and cone of shame and everything towards the end. <laughs> the bit that made me laugh the most, I think, was the the mix-up that happens in the coffee shop mm. when all the different people are waiting to hear the news of what's happened next door. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really funny, and I'm 100% going to carry on watching this because it was just such a nice surprise to just going to, into this knowing absolutely nothing and within a few minutes be, like, laughing a lot. That it doesn't usually happen with a lot of comedies i'm totally with you sophie i think that this was my favorite show of the week as well Uh, again i've I've seen the trailers that bbc have been putting on but it didn't sort of go into sort of like the comic dynamics and i quite liked the two characters in this are similarly almost to beef you know this starts with a a car related incident where these two strangers are brought together both sort of romantically inept. She's a, a medical student who has just broken up with a colleague and can't seem to let go, is still sort of threatening almost to go to his, uh, is it his sister's wedding or his cousin's wedding? And um, he has just broken up with the, the vet that they see, who's called Yvette. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. And, you know, he works at a brewery and his co-workers are comic characters in a way but also you know that they, they feel authentic 
And I just felt by the end of the first episode, I, I knew these characters and their dynamic. But as you say, I think I laughed out loud four or five times as well during this first episode and definitely carry on. I think this is one where, where it is all going to be going up on the iPlayer. So it may well, again, be be a bit of a binge. But first episode, it was very strong. And yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. What about you, Dawn? Yeah, I agree completely. Very funny. Laughed loud a lot. Funniest comedy I've seen in a while. And I was very nervous going into it after we reviewed Spreadsheet, which was... Oh, God, yeah, I was thinking about (laughs) that briefly. Are you aware of Spreadsheet at all, Sophie? Is this the thing with Catherine Parkinson? It is. I've heard of it, but I haven't heard much about it. I think it was one of the most awful things that we watched (laughs) last year on the podcast. It was just like... It was terrible. Uh, But this... I agree. The dialogue was just so good. The, when she first comes into his house and she's like, ah, unicycle. Mm-hmm. So, how, so how long have you been single? You know, the, that just the, the speed of it is very good. And um, obviously, I'm a shipper. It's a ship. It's a classic. Hate each other, forced to live together, are going to fall in love. And, and also there's some nice touches of depth that we find out that Gordon has had cancer. And, you know, there's obviously some other stuff that's going on in the second episode we meet her mother and you get to see sort of why she's the way she is uh so I, it looks like it's going to have a nice heart and a nice depth as well as some really gross out stuff with a non-flushing toilet <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and as you said i loved all the stuff in the in the vets and the and the coffee yeah. sh- the coffee shop next door where they tell them to wait and then they ring and the mix-up and the and the receptionist at the vets as well and giving them all the funeral options and that line she had about taking her mum to a clinic in Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) It just felt like that one where can we make this line a a bit funnier how will it hit you know that because they write it as well am I right in that the two main lead actors? Yeah are they married or something I think I read that they were a couple in real life. Harriet Dyer and Patrick Bramall are the uh, the stars and and indeed wrote it as well, but I'm not sure about oh, their I, I might romantic that status. <laughs> I think we're all big thumbs up on this, and we're all all going to continue. I think Tuesday nights this is going to be airing on BBC Two. I think eight episodes in total. So oh yeah, that'll... Wikipedia says they're a husband and wife team. So oh. I, did, I didn't make that up. <laughs> There you go. Then that that explains the chemistry. Um, so yeah, so that's another podcast in the books. Thank you very much to Dawn and to Sophie for joining me. Do you want to just go through where uh, we can find you on the internet, Sophie? I'll start with you. Um, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at it's Sophie Davis, and the same on Instagram. Although I mainly use Twitter. You can get me on Twitter at Dawn Glen Two. And the shipyard is the shipyard UST. The custardtv.com at custardtvpod at Matt's TV, but it's at Luke Custard TV. Uh, Facebook, the Custard TV. Instagram, it's the Custard TV. Give that a follow for Dawn, if not for yes. us. <laughs> and custardtv reviews at gmail.com is the email. Next week, uh, we have got the return of Barry, and I'm sure um, Luke will be uh, on to talk about how he talked to Henry Winkler and Bill Hader this week. For now, thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.